Happy November, Moms That Lead! Can you believe that the holiday season is here already? Well, I guess for all of the major big box stores it was here like back in July, but we won't get into that. Mixed in with the potential stress of planning, hosting, and attending celebrations, you're likely doing some year-end reflection. Whether it's structured or not, wanted or not, questions like this may be creeping into your thoughts. What did I even accomplish this year? Did my team even come close to what we were planning to do? How will I make next year different? And while you're thinking through those, you may also be thinking about that scary question. Is this really where I'm supposed to be? Do I feel fulfilled leading in this way? I strongly encourage encourage you, no matter how scary that question is, take some time to grapple with it. Because as both today's expert, Blake Schofield, and I firmly believe, it is not only possible, but critical to our future, that women know that they can be fulfilled in their leadership without making the sacrifices that we traditionally feel that we need to make. Blake is the founder of The Bridge to Fulfillment, a mom of three and a former corporate executive who spent 18 years in corporate America building, growing, and turning around eight- and nine-figure businesses. Despite her success, Blake constantly found herself feeling unsettled, chasing the next job or promotion to make it better so she could finally do fulfilling work and to be able to have the time she wanted to have a less stressful and more present family life. After two cross-country moves and increasing frustration that every job seemed to be more of the same, she finally realized that the career she was in no longer fit. Blake's personal journey through three career changes, years of seeking the right path for her life, overcoming the fear and doubt of forging a new path, and successfully building and running her own multi-six-figure business is the basis of the work she does every day. Today, Blake and her team help driven, heart-centered professional women who are at a career crossroads transition into more fulfilling work and have more time with their families without taking a big pay cut or starting over. So yes, fulfillment is possible, but there is work to be done to get there. Blake shares with us what she's learned from her personal journey and the journey of the many women with whom she's worked about the steps that you need to take to reach fulfillment, and not only that, but the powerful evolution that will take place in our families, communities, and workplaces when we all take these steps and realize what is possible for us. Let's commit to each other to do the work that we need to do to make this evolution happen. But before we jump into our inspiring conversation, let me introduce myself and the Moms That Lead movement, in case you're new here. Are you ready to jump off the hamster wheel and finally listen to that voice inside that says you were meant for more? Are you ready to replace overwhelm with calm and clarity, self-doubt with confidence, and mom guilt with connection, then you're in the right place. Welcome to the Moms That Lead podcast, where we know that moms have a unique ability to be world changers and that leadership is not about position. But instead, if your actions inspire others to dream more, learn more, do more, and become more, then you are a leader. I'm Terry Schmidt, your host and leadership mentor, determined to bring you the inspiration, motivation, and practical tips to help you live your best life. I'm a corporate leader and coach turned nonprofit founder, 
My family's journey to completing an Ironman triathlon changed my life forever, and I want to be your friend on the journey to gain the clarity, confidence, and connection that I gained from that experience. So if you're ready to ditch mom guilt and activate your strengths, let's jump in. Hi, Blake. It's so great to have you on the Moms That Lead podcast today. Thank you for having me, Terry. I'm excited to spend some time with you today. Definitely. Well, let's start with you. I'd love to hear a little bit more about you and your journey to where you are today. Yeah. So I often kind of lead by saying, you know, I'm a a mom of three kiddos. I got a busy house at home, former corporate executive and uh, wife to my college sweetheart. I am uh, a proud Texan and, you know, just a, a woman who I think really since I was really young has seen the possibility and opportunities for women that I think that they've missed for themselves. And so I'm so passionate about helping other women really be able to live up to their full potential. That's what we're all about too. I I think it's interesting that you say, you know, that they might have missed for themselves. And so we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute, but that's a great lead into learning more about the bridge to fulfillment. I'd love to hear about the mission, the kind of work you do how you support women in what you were just mentioning in terms of helping them to find those opportunities and to really take advantage of them. Yeah. Thank you. So our mission at the bridge to fulfillment is to change women's perspectives about what's possible for them and empower them with the skills, tools, and knowledge to be able to truly make a bigger impact both in their homes, right. And at work without sacrificing their time, their health, their family, or their income. And I think We are at a place in time in in our culture or in our world when it's really time for a shift, right? I I look in some ways at the work that we do sort of as the next evolution of the women's empowerment movement, to be really honest. My approach is very different than I think what you see of a lot of what has been pushed as traditional feminist um, approaches, because my approach is really about us driving the change through understanding and taking control of what we can take control of, right? And empowering those around us to create that change. From a a work standpoint, I'm so blessed to be able to do the work that I do. Really, our focus is to help um, professional women who are unfulfilled in their career and wanting something different, be able to take the right next step in their career. And we do that through really helping them align work with their skills, passions, and talents so that they can transition into work that's fulfilling and challenging while also having more time to be fully present and enjoy their family without having to transition and take a huge step back or a big pay cut. Really, our clients get results that are unheard of in the market because of really the depth and breadth of knowledge. The business is built off of my own personal journey and the decades-long struggle that I went through to really begin to understand and have clarity on who I was, what I was uniquely gifted at, what were the things that were important for me to be fulfilled, truly filled, not just happy for the first honeymoon period of the next job, mm-hmm. right? But to truly be fulfilled in my career and life long-term. And then to truly understand how can I leverage my skills, gifts, and talents in a way where I feel like every day I'm going to work and I'm passionate and energized and I'm making a difference, but that's not coming at the sacrifice of my life or having time for myself or really being able to fully be present. And that, that dichotomy between how do you do that, Mm -hmm. right? How do you really love your work and not sacrifice your family and also not sacrifice your income? I think is one of the biggest challenges we as women have. And that's why I say, I think it's time for an evolution in terms of 
how women are showing up and what we believe is possible for us because we had our, you know, our, our mothers and our grandmothers who didn't have the opportunities that mm-hmm. we do today. And so we've grown up with sort of this perspective about what it looks like to be a working mom. And what I see so often now is women are really starting to challenge that. And I think COVID has been an amazing thing to really challenge that. Wait a mm-hmm. second, I'm not willing to sacrifice these things anymore. And what I want women to understand is it's not an either or proposition. It's not, I have this great, fun, challenging, interesting job and I get paid really well, but I have to sacrifice and I don't get these other things, or I get the balance in my life that I want and the enjoyment and presence in my life that I want, but I have to sacrifice the income or the challenge. That's just really not true. And so it's a huge part of our mission to change that perspective and really be able to woman by woman, be able to show these examples, because the more women we see doing this, the more we begin to realize what's possible for us. I I love that. I completely agree. But I'm guessing you probably have some people out there that are, you know, thinking, oh yeah, that sounds great. What I get to have my cake and eat it too. So I want to dig into that a little bit more and I'd love to hear some stories, but I'd I'd like to start with your story, if you don't mind about, were you at a place at one point where you felt like you had to sacrifice one for the other and what did that look like? And what did coming out of that look like for you? Yeah. Uh, I get emotional thinking about it because it wasn't a place. It was my life. I had, have always been a really career driven person. I, you know, there was a lot of time and intention. My husband, and I had a lot of discussions about when we were going to have kids and I had my first kiddo. I have, like I said, three kiddos, my oldest now is 16. I had my first kiddo when I was 28 years old. And I remember having to go back to work and that being just absolutely devastating. I never wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. I knew I, I knew I was not cut out to be a stay-at-home mom, but eight weeks of maternity leave was not enough. And interestingly enough, I was put into and promoted into a brand new role. They were changing sort of the structure of how the, how the career path was going to look for people in merchandising. And so I was actually placed in a, in a planning role, which is all numbers Mm -hmm. all day, every day. And it was an area that I didn't feel like was my strongest strength, but I was sort of picked as the guinea pig and the organization to do it. (laughs) And so there was a lot of pressure on me to be successful in this role. And I felt a tremendous amount of pressure to be there for my son. Mm -hmm. And my son was sick incessantly his first year. Mm -hmm. I mean, he had ear infections over and over and over again. And it seemed to always be on the week of the month when I needed to do all of the financials. And I remember that first year of his life being terrified I would get let go, terrified I would be fired because I couldn't focus between both. And I actually got shingles that year Mm. at 28 years old. I remember going to the doctor thinking it was a spider bite and him telling me it was shingles. And my mind was blown because I was like, isn't that something that only happens to old people? How is that (laughs) possible? I'm 28 years old. It was the first sign of that strain that I really was having. I didn't really realize. I thought it was pretty good at managing stress. So I would say, you know, for me, that started really early on. And I think it does for most women. And then it proceeded throughout my career. I had my um, second child two and a half years later. And I'll tell you, you know, I continued to progress in my career, was making six figures, was making substantially more than my husband as the breadwinner. Loved a lot of parts of my job, but there were pieces that were really challenging And I felt that pressure again, I'll never forget my team. And I won the number two buying team in the entire company out of 90 different buying teams. And it, it, to me was the thing I had looked at as the pinnacle. Well, when I, you know, get this job, when I'm in the top performer, then, then I will be happy. Mm -hmm. 
the lie that we all tell ourselves, then I will be happy. And I remember we got all dressed up. My husband and I went, we had this fancy dinner. I got to go across the stage with all of the C-suite congratulating me. And I sat down next to my husband, almost in tears. And I looked at him and I said, it wasn't worth it. And the reason I said that is at the time, my daughter was about a year old and I barely remember her first year of life. Mm. Mm-hmm. I worked so much. I traveled so much. I was probably working 70 hours a week. And so I continued to press on because I felt like it was the responsible thing to do. I was successful. And that's just what successful moms had to do. That's what it mm-hmm. looked like to be a successful working mom. And then I uh, got promoted after that role into uh, another role, another opportunity. And I got a boss that micromanaged me hmm. consistently. Um, would send, send, me, send me messages on a Saturday telling me that my presentation for leadership needed to be updated to Ariel Fontaine <sighs> when my team was working 70 hours a week and completely slammed and the job was really too large for the number of people we had. Mm-hmm. And I just got to a breaking point and I said, I cannot do this anymore. And I went and job searched and Everything I looked at looked like it would be a huge pay cut. Hmm. Everything I looked at looked like I would have to start over. And I just could not figure out how to make it work. You know, at this point, I'm 32, 33, right? Trying to figure this out. Eventually, what ended up happening was I was recruited to go work at Target Corporation. Never thought I would leave Texas. Ended up picking up and moving my family cross country, thinking, okay, finally, I'm going to work at a company that believes in work-life balance. I'm finally going to be happy. (laughs) And for a while, that was true. Just like every time I got promoted for a while, it was true. Mm -hmm. And then it wasn't again. And I did have the best work-life balance that I've ever had in a, in a company there, but there were things that still were misaligned. And so I I will spare you the entire story, but I ended up moving cross country again. I ended up losing a lot of the work-life balance that I had gained. I found myself back in the same pattern again. And ultimately that was the straw that broke the camel's back for me. At that point in time, I had just decided I was no longer willing to do it. Mm -hmm. And I believed that the only way forward for me meant that it meant I would have to take a huge pay cut. So I decided I'm done. I'm leaving because it's more important that I do work that's fulfilling to me and have the same life than the money. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I um, ended up realizing that I needed help and getting support and help from coaches that they opened my eyes and my perspective to the fact that I actually didn't have to sacrifice Hmm. that all of these belief systems that I had were not accurate. And I could actually make more money and have better balance and do more fulfilling work that I truly could have it all. I just had to have a different perspective and I had to have a different skill set. Hmm. Right. I had to learn how to do that differently. Mm -hmm. And so when you say, right, there are women that are probably skeptical, I get it. I was that woman. I was that woman that was so confident that there was no other choice. And ultimately that confidence that there was no other choice and that belief system that if I couldn't figure it out, nobody else could, if I didn't have clarity, no one else could help me is what kept me trapped for so long. Interesting. So once you brought those people in to help you, those coaches to help you shift that perspective. That's how you got beyond that. It sounds like. Yeah. It was really a twofold thing for me. You know, in my final corporate job, I really reached what I call a breakdown moment. And this is very typical for women. And I think one of the 
pieces of my heart to really share with women. I thought I was doing the responsible thing. Mm-hmm. I was the breadwinner. I was successful. How could I leave something that was providing for my family and doing all these things? What if I made a change and I wasn't happy mm-hmm. and I wasn't successful and I had done all of this for nothing, right? So I thought I was being responsible. What I didn't realize is the longer you stay in a path that's misaligned, the closer and closer you get to a breakdown moment. Mm. And that breakdown moment comes for everyone. It's not just a female thing. It happens to men too, but obviously I work with women. So I Mm -hmm. know this Mm -hmm. journey really, really well. And what that breakdown moment is, right, is when we keep going. And what we do is we find ourselves more frustrated by things that didn't used to bother us. Mm -hmm. We keep looking for other opportunities, but we keep finding dead ends, right? We find ourselves more and more frustrated that we, we feel trapped. We can't figure out what else to do. We might start compromising with ourselves and telling ourselves we should be happy, might be asking friends and family for what else we can do. And they keep giving us more of the same. So again, we feel like this is it. We're stuck. We're stuck. We're stuck. And so what happens is the longer you continue that journey and you may be like me, you may make changes, hoping mm-hmm. the next job's going to be better too. Mm-hmm. Right. The longer we stay there, we get towards that breakdown moment. And what will happen is one of two things. Number one, you will either have such severe emotional or physical burnout right? That it is a pretty healthy negative impact to you Mm -hmm. where you might not even feel like you can go back to work. Right. Or the second thing that happens is you will be put on a performance plan or a layoff. Hmm. Even if you've been a top performer, your entire career, I see it and I've experienced it personally. And I've now gone through this hundreds of times with women. And so for me, the first time I went to that coach, I was in that breakdown moment. Mm-hmm. I was completely emotionally burned out. And what I had to learn were the skills and boundaries and habits that I had been missing because I was allowing work literally to bleed into every part of my life. And if mm-hmm. I didn't address that, I would just keep repeating the patterns. So that was a big piece of me learning. Oh, it's not just the environment that's creating my burnout and my job leading into my life. It's not just the toxic boss or whatever. It's also me and -hmm. some skills and tools I need to learn. And then with that next set of coaches, they're the ones that really opened my perspective that you actually can make money doing a lot of things. And there are a lot of ways of which if you understand your skills and you understand how to best align them, right. You can truly create far more impact and a far greater career trajectory. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, I've heard you use the word alignment and misalignment. Would you say that either in your story or in the women that you work with, is it usually a misalignment in skills compared with the job that they're expected to do? Is it a misalignment in perspective on what's possible? Is it all of the above? Tell me a little bit more about that misalignment and how you were able to get out of that and how you help other women to get more aligned. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I think this is a big thing that we often don't know in general, right? Most people don't really know themselves that well. Mm -hmm. We, we as a society are not very self-aware because we've not been taught how to be self-aware. And so often when we are unhappy or unfulfilled, we're trying to piece together. Is it this job? Is it this industry? Is it this boss? Is it this company? And I think that can be the hardest piece. So if it's okay with you, I'd love to do a start with kind of a question to throw out Mm -hmm. there for people to ask themselves. So when I start to explain what misalignment means, they can listen and go, oh, maybe she's talking to me. 
So if you are finding yourself going through cycles of being fulfilled in your job and not being fulfilled, if there's parts of your job you love and parts of your job, you really don't right? Those tend to be pretty clear, but a really good question to ask yourself is on a day-to-day basis, how fulfilled am I in my work from one being right I have Sunday scaries almost every weekend. I actually dread Mondays. I dread going into my job. I don't feel like I'm really leveraging my skills and talents in a way that really, really is utilizing my skills, right? And I'm just going through the motions because I need the paycheck or because I don't know what else to do. That's a, a one. Okay. To 10 being, I get up energized, passionate, and excited every single day. The work I do, I can see the impact. It makes a difference and I feel valued. And I spend the vast majority of my time, like 85% of my time or more doing stuff that I'm naturally gifted at that gives me a lot of energy drive and momentum. I want you to rate yourself one out of 10 right now. If you are at a seven or below, you have misalignment, Hmm. period. And I think most women think, well, if I'm at a six or a seven, I'm okay. Mm -hmm. Nope. If you aren't living in that higher sphere, right? Even at eight, sometimes, right? There's still opportunity. But if you're not living in that higher sphere, that means there's huge opportunity for you when you can really understand what is right and best for you. Hmm. So when I talk about alignment, what does alignment mean? Well, a lot of times, if I pull out the biggest buckets, people are misaligned. Number one, they're misaligned on values. Mm -hmm. What you're doing from a job or a company or an industry standpoint just does not align with what you value in life. It's really easy for us to say, well, I value family and I value some of these things. Sometimes it's harder to get to the more granular things that you value. And I say that because I missed that I had a value misalignment for years. So I got my degree in psychology, actually thought I was going to be a marriage and family psychologist Mm. when I first started out and then started to see some things that didn't feel right. Right. Ended up going actually into human resources and then ended up realizing that wasn't right for me and then going into merchandising but I spent 18 years in corporate retail and there were parts of my job. I loved Terry loved, got such energy from, but then there were parts I really did not. Right. But over time, I started to see that divide that the highs were less high, the lows were lower and they lasted longer, but I kept changing companies, hoping that the next thing would be better. The next challenge would be better. The next opportunity would be better. What I didn't realize is that there was a significant misalignment in terms of my values and that no matter how many retail jobs I moved to, it was never going to solve that problem Mm. because at the root of the issue, right, was a core misalignment I was totally unaware of, which was this. I would sit in my meetings that I remember the last couple of years in retail, we would be arguing about 50 cents on a t-shirt or building sourcing calendars and talking about all the different ways. And I would just think to myself, as I was watching people kill themselves, not going home to their families and everything else, we're not saving people's lives. Mm -hmm. We're buying clothes. (laughs) Like it's not that big of a deal. Mm -hmm. And that was a sign. I just didn't realize that ultimately I began to feel like I was contributing to a consumerism mentality Mm -hmm. of just having people buy stuff. And I knew that people buying more stuff actually wouldn't solve the root issue of why they were doing these things Mm -hmm. that I really didn't feel like I was making the difference I wanted to make in the world, but I couldn't see that when I was in it. Right. So I couldn't solve the root cause problem. So I kept changing jobs, thinking it would be better thinking Mm -hmm. it was this next thing. And I would figure out pieces. I needed better, better work-life balance. So I moved to a company that valued that 
I really value developing people and mentorship and leadership. And so I moved to a company that did that, but there were far deeper value systems that were misaligned that I didn't know. So that's a big one. I see all of the time. Mm -hmm. Another one is the work that you're doing actually doesn't align with your greatest skills and talents. Many of us as women are multi-talented. We're good at a lot of things. And what happens in our career is people start giving us stuff that we're good at. Just because you're good at it doesn't mean you should do it. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean it gives you energy. Doesn't mean it's the highest and best leverage of your skills and talents, right? So that happens a lot. Number three, we all have natural ways of working. If you don't understand how your brain naturally works and the type of work it's equipped and best equipped to do, you can either end up in roles that are having you do the exact opposite or roles that are creating such friction that it's hard. Mm. It's two to three times the effort for you to do that work than it would actually be if you're working in the way that you worked. And then there's also the element of how you work best, meaning the right type of environment, right? And how you collaborate, how you get work done, the right type of culture that aligns with all of those things. And so those are the biggest places that I see misalignment. And they're also places that I think most people maybe know 10% of what they actually really need. So it's very difficult because you can't see the label from inside the bottle. It's very difficult to actually identify those things sometimes on your own to actually go, oh, that's why Mm -hmm. I feel this way, or that's why this is challenging. And so my clients always talk about, we kind of talk about understanding alignment really in two places. We talk about unlocking your fulfillment framework. That's really Mm -hmm. understanding the things you need in your career and life to be fulfilled, right? And then the second thing is uncovering your secret sauce transferable skills. When you understand those two things, you're very, very crystal clear on Mm -hmm. exactly what it is that you need to be aligned. And that, that knowledge is infinite power. Oh, definitely. That's exactly what I was just going to say. I mean, imagine a world where women know those two and are in the right place, what kind of transformation could happen? I just, it almost gives me goosebumps to think about the power there and the potential. It's huge. I watch, you know, it's like I said, such a blessing to do the work that I do because I watch my clients leave and say, right. That the work has been life-changing which in and of itself is such a blessing, right? Especially for somebody who that's what I truly value in life. Mm -hmm. But to hear my clients leave this program and say, I'm empowered to create the life I want. Mm. How many people can say that, right? Far more of us deserve that. Many of us believe that we're at the mercy of the circumstances that we sit in. I was that person for most of my life, but we aren't. And when we are empowered with the knowledge and the skills to be able to create the future that we want, it changes not just everything for us and how we feel on a day-to-day basis. It changes our relationships. It changes the next generation of children and what they see. And, and I don't know about you, Terry, but a big part of my heart is being a phenomenal role model for my children Mm -hmm. and what's possible for them. And, And I believe, and I hear that all the time for women is I want to be a great role model for my children. And I'm struggling to feel like I'm achieving or successful at doing what I feel like is really important to me. And I think what I really want to share here is, right, you do not have to sacrifice these things, but the first step comes with, from recognizing, right, I'm not as fulfilled or not as happy as I could be. I'm not trapped. Mm-hmm. I'm not alone in this journey. And there's a proven path to actually get where I want to go. And all it does is require me 
being willing to open myself up to learn mm-hmm. and to ask for help. Even just hearing you say those words, you know, I'm not alone. I'm not trapped. There is another way I think is just such a huge weight lifted off of women to, to know, to truly know those things, because you, like you mentioned, you, you do feel alone. You do feel like you're doing what's right, what's responsible. And that that's just, you shouldn't complain because you're lucky to have the opportunities that you have. Yes. And I think that's one of the things that does keep us stuck. And again, it just certainly did for me. I I at many times wondered if I just would never be satisfied if something was wrong with me Mm -hmm. because everyone else looked at my life and said, you have all of this. How are you not happy? And if I had just understood, I wasn't happy because my life was misaligned, Mm -hmm. right? It's nothing, nothing was wrong. I had an amazing job, but when your deepest value is to do truly meaningful work that makes a difference. And you're helping companies make millions of dollars selling apparel. Mm-hmm. There's a huge disconnect there mm-hmm. that, that I knew inherently, I just didn't understand what I was feeling or how to process why I felt so unsettled mm-hmm. and none of my friends or family truly, really understood. So it made me feel alone. It made me feel right. like something was wrong with me when in fact it wasn't all of the signs and symptoms I had were actually directing me in the right path. I just didn't know how to read it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's such a great way to put that. And I heard you use one other word quite frequently too. You were talking about skills and boundaries. And I know when you and I had talked a little bit earlier, one of the things that really intrigued me that you mentioned, um, was the idea of leading the leader. And I, I think that's kind of related to what you're talking about. Some of those skills, some of those boundaries, having those difficult conversations that you sometimes need to have. Can you tell me a little bit more about leading the leader and what that yeah. means to you? Thank you for the opportunity to share it. It's definitely something I'm really passionate about. I think I'll first start by saying, I think it's time for an evolution of what business looks like in America. Mm-hmm. We need to bring more humanity back to how we do business. Mm -hmm. I look at a lot of the challenges I see for women that are the exact same things I struggled with. And I think if you look at business in in general, business was built by men. Let's just be honest, right? And there's a period of time for our mothers and our grandmothers where we just fought for the opportunity to make a good income Mm -hmm. and be able to, to be heard and be in the room. And, you know, as time has passed, now we have a lot of women actually making more than their husbands and successful in work, but at a humongous price as women, I think most of us were raised to be good girls. Don't hurt anyone's feelings, share with everyone, be responsible, do the right thing. And there is value in that, but not when it comes at the cost of our health our opportunities, and honestly, our children and what they're learning. Mm -hmm. And so leading the leader is really about, in many ways, empowering, being empowered to have conversations, to truly have your voice heard, to be able to address the elephant in the room, to create greater alignment, and ultimately to be able to work better together as a team. And so what I mean by that is often I think women feel stifled or unhappy in their careers because they work for people that they feel are micromanaging them, or they feel like their workload is out of place. And they are fearful that 
if they said something, they would be seen as someone who's not a team player. They would be blackballed. Mm -hmm. Something bad would happen to them. I know that because I was that woman for many years. I just was compliant. And I thought that if that's what my boss said, that's what I needed to do. What I didn't really realize is we are all far more human than I think we give ourselves credit for. There is a really outdated perspective in corporate that your life should be your life and work is one thing, Mm -hmm. right? And we almost treat people like they're robots. Here's the job description. Anybody with these skills can fill it, but that's not really true. You take a job and you put 10 different people in them. And with those 10 different people's skills, they're going to produce very different results, right? Mm -hmm. But we don't address that. We don't address emotions in the work environment. We sort of ignore it and expect people to just deal with that at home. Mm -hmm. But here's the reality. We are one. You cannot ignore those. And so when I see so much toxicity happening in companies, it's because people aren't addressing the elephant in the room. People aren't talking and don't feel comfortable to be able to share their emotions. Don't feel like they can be vulnerable. Don't feel like they can be honest. Don't feel like they can bring their true self to work. Mm-hmm. And for me, this is a place where I think there's tremendous opportunity to, like I said, bring humanity back to companies. And here's how I see that come to fruition. And I'll kind of talk about what that means from a lead the leader standpoint. So in our program, the bridge to fulfillment, what I consistently see, first of all, we have a confidential environment. Every single woman that comes in signs a confidentiality agreement. It is a safe non-judgment zone. Mm-hmm. It is the first place that I've ever experienced. And the first, first place I consistently hear from my clients have ever experienced to be surrounded by a group of talented women where they felt they could truly be really honest about who they are and their struggles and what they're dealing with. And what I hear consistently is, oh my gosh, this is so cathartic mm-hmm. for the first time. I don't feel alone for the first time. I realize. look at these other amazingly talented women that I am so inspired and in awe of that are struggling with the exact same things I'm struggling with guess what? That's happening inside corporate America every day too, Mm -hmm. but no one's talking about it. Nobody's talking about the frustration or the struggles or their fears that maybe they're not good enough. Maybe that people don't like them. Maybe that people are um, judging them or don't feel they're doing a good enough job. All of these elements are going on in everyone's head every day at work, but no one's addressing them. Right. And so what happens is this this situation of toxicity where a people don't know how to be clear on their expectations. Mm-hmm. And when you don't have clear expectations, it creates fear. It creates anxiety. It creates a lot of wasted time and energy. And so as organizations, we have an, an opportunity to get a lot better about that. Mm-hmm. If we had more discussion and more alignment on expectations, people would be far more successful. There would be tremendously less micromanaging right? And teams would be much more effective working together. People would be a lot happier. So that's one piece. But then the second piece is we need to be able to be in environments where we can be honest. Here's what I'm good at and mm-hmm. what I love doing. Here's how I'm feeling. Where do you see I have opportunities to really be able to have those conversations? And fundamentally, I see consistently those things missing across organizations. And so then it feels impossible or very challenging to stand up for yourself. Lead the leader is about empowering you with the tools to be able to communicate and identify and align on expectations in a way that's politically correct Mm, mm -hmm. in a way that actually builds credibility for you as a leader, as opposed to puts you at risk. And then the second piece it does is it enables you to create better bonds and better relationships through honest 
authentic conversations. Mm -hmm. So lead the leader comes to play in a lot of places, but ultimately, right. What it's about Terry is how do you become that leader? You want to be as opposed to feeling like, well, I have a boss or I have a leadership that's telling me what to do. Mm -hmm. What I learned in my career, and it took me, you know, quite a bit of time to begin to realize I went from a place of thinking, well, this is my boss and I just have to do that. And they know everything to, oh, my boss is human. (laughs) And they also make mistakes and they also don't have all the information. And they also maybe are overwhelmed and don't know how to manage, or maybe they don't, they don't have great skills about talking to people. And so leading the leaders about kind of being able to identify where those gaps are for your leader that you need to be Mm -hmm. successful or your team needs to be successful. And then being able to go have a conversation where you can talk about and align on expectations, how each of you work, where you're seeing the opportunities. And you can be that person that is presenting solutions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You can be that person that's actually helping to develop your leader to be a stronger leader. And when you do that, it does the, the very thing that you really want, which is it gives you more autonomy. It actually allows you to solve the problems that you feel like are frustrating you. Mm-hmm. It gives you clout and visibility as somebody who's a problem solver who moves the business forward, right? And then it also helps to develop people who maybe their skill gaps are creating problems for you or members of your team. Right. Right. Yeah. I think definitely the, the best leaders are those that, you know, just your last point, recognize that they're learning just as much from those whom they're leading as they may be helping those people to develop themselves. 100%. 100%. And you know, it's interesting. There are so many belief systems and limiting belief systems and fears that many of us have that we don't even realize that are keeping us from doing these things, which is why I always talk about this as a tactical and an emotional Mm -hmm. journey, Mm -hmm. right? But often when I start having these conversations with, you know, the women we work with, and I say to them, I want you to think back to your best boss, the person that you admire the most, was that the person who did everything perfect, always had all the answers was buttoned up, or was it the person that was actually honest? that talked to you and you knew who they were as a person who admitted they didn't have all the answers Mm -hmm. who, you know, asked for feedback from the team. And every single time it's the person who had vulnerabilities, it's the person who wasn't perfect. But often I think as women, we struggle for that because we believe that we need to be perfect in our jobs. We believe that we have to have everything perfect. We believe that if we ask for help, that that will be seen as a negative. And so we have to start changing that paradigm because it's very fascinating. I watch it over and over and over again. And it was, certainly was my experience as well. I went from being that person that thought that I had to have it all together. Life and career had to be separate. The leader knew all of the answers and getting feedback actually that I was intimidating, which was devastating mm-hmm. to me because mm-hmm. that was not at all my intent to being a leader that when I left, when I left and my boss and I called in my team, literally they lined up to give me hugs as uh-huh. I left. And she said, I've never seen this, right? One of the proudest moments. Uh, for me as a leader, because I learned how mm-hmm. to do this. And I learned the value that comes from building authentic and genuine relationships with people. And it's something women are far better at than men. <laughs> but I think, again, we've been conditioned to believe that to be successful in business, we have to act a certain way. 
And I think also in many ways, that's why there's so much toxicity in corporate America. It's why we only have 14% of women in the C-suite, right? And it's why we have women opting out of moving up in their careers because they believe it's at a sacrifice, but Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We can actually be the change inside these businesses and these companies when we understand and we're empowered to create that change. Right. Right. And then the evolution begins, but it, you know, back to the beginning of our conversation, it starts with you being aligned yourself because surely you're not going to have a conversation with your leader about expectations and getting that clarity. If you don't know what you want and who you are and what your best skills are. 100%. And if you're also not comfortable in recognizing your vulnerabilities, Mm -hmm. right? If we are unwilling to recognize that we're better at some things than others, that, that we actually are gifted in a certain way and not gifted, obviously then in that opposite Mm -hmm. way, then we can't ever show up and a appreciate that for other people. So it stops us from building the types of teams that will be most impactful, right? Mm -hmm. Really understanding and helping other people understand their gifts and leverage their gifts in a way that moves the team forward. But it also doesn't enable us to have the types of conversations that actually move things forward because we can recognize in our boss then, oh, my boss is really good at this. And this then is the thing that she's not good at. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And how can I then leverage my skill at that to help her? And so it creates just an entirely different, this knowledge creates an entirely different dynamic in terms of how you build and work with people and teams, but it also changes the dynamics of you know, how you look at and raise your kids. That's what I consistently see because you'll begin to understand and appreciate your children in a different way and be able to direct them in a different way. School still is trying to tell every kid that they need to be equally as good at everything. Mm -hmm. And that's just not true. Nobody is going to be equally good at everything. We should be focusing on the things we're really gifted at because that is where fulfillment is, that is where success comes from. It doesn't come from being equally good at every single Mm -hmm. subject. Nobody is going to be that, Mm -hmm. right? It comes from actually embracing and understanding who you are and what you're best and gifted at, and then putting your energy and efforts towards that. And so that's one of the things that's definitely changed the way that I parent my kids and the way I look at school very differently than I used to. And the way I encourage them to begin to understand these things about themselves and other people too. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. And and when you talk about parenting too, you know, some of the, what we were just talking about comes up in that too, in terms of when you were asking women about the best boss or best leader that they've had, you know, it's not the one who has it all together, who's perfect. It's the leader that, you know, is human. And I, I think that gets into parenting too, obviously, just like you would in a leadership role, you're still the leader, you're still the parent. It's not a friendship, but that vulnerability that you can bring into it makes that relationship so much more meaningful, so much more fruitful, um, and so much more authentic. 100%. Yeah. I, one of the things I'm often asked is, you know, what's your biggest regret? And it's, it's a challenge for me to answer that question because my biggest regret is also the reason I'm able to sit here today, but my oldest is now 16. So he was 12 when I, finally left corporate and really started this journey to figure out really the work I should, should be doing the work Mm -hmm. I was meant to be doing and aligning my life in a way that really has, has brought me so much more joy and fulfillment than I ever thought possible. But for 12 years, he watched me work 70 hours a week at a job. He watched me, you know, 
stressed out and anxious and constantly working all the time and fearful, no matter when I was a top performer in a company or not, I was always fearful that I wasn't good enough, mm-hmm. that somebody would recognize that I really didn't deserve it to be in this job, <laughs> that, you know, I would mess up on something and people would, would realize, right. That I wasn't good enough. I had all of this going on. And so my biggest regret is that it took me so long mm-hmm. because the answers were there. Honestly, I can look all the way back to like 21 years old. And some of the answers of what I do today were there at 21 years old when I was a junior in college, but I didn't know how to access them. I didn't know how to put the puzzle pieces together. And it's a regret for me because I've now spent the last four years helping to shift that perspective for my kids. Mm -hmm. And I'm so grateful that I'm able to do that. I just wish I could have done it much earlier. I wish I would have understood that that was part of the cost of what I was doing. And and you cannot get those years back. You get 18 Mm -hmm. years, right? You cannot get them back. But it's also the thing that I'm like, I, I couldn't and wouldn't change it because if I changed it, my journey would be different. And I wouldn't have the knowledge that I have to do the work I do every day. But I often share this because my journey was very long and very painful years of job searching, multiple cross country moves, lots of negative health issues. And like I said, a lot of stress and anxiety that I brought home that my kids saw that they mm-hmm. experienced that they perceived work to be. And I, and I share all this because nobody else's journey should have to be as hard as mine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. That's the gift of learning. That's the gift yeah. of going second of learning from people who've been where you are. And so for any women that are feeling like they don't feel empowered to create change in their life, I would really encourage them to seek out somebody who has expertise in this arena to be able to help shift that dynamic for them, because we have far more power than we believe we do. Yeah. Yeah. And the changes and your evidence, you know, changes that it can create in your life and more than that in the community, in the world of work, starting that evolution that you mentioned, I I think it's just a call for all of us to really examine where we are in terms of alignment and and take action accordingly. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. I would love to end with a question that we ask all of our guests on this season. And that is, if you were only able to pass down one leadership lesson, either to your kids or to your clients or friends, if you could only pass down one lesson, what would it be? I would talk about the most important thing in life to success is being able to truly understand, right? Have self-awareness, understand who you are and understand others. Mm -hmm. I think often we grow up believing that the key to success is doing a lot Mm -hmm. of things, achieving a lot of things, being the best at something. But what I consistently find is relationships. And being able to really understand who you are, understand others and work together is truly ultimately the key. I often say self-awareness plus empowered action equals fulfillment. Mm. And I consistently see that over and over again. I bucket self-awareness along with awareness of others, because what I have come to find is when you truly understand who you are as a person, you have much greater understanding, much greater empathy and much better ability to relate to others. And so unlocking that to me has been one of the greatest gifts of my life. And one of the biggest things I focus on educating my kids on, and I really focus on with my clients as well, because it really is such a, 
a door opener of almost everything. The knowledge alone won't do it. You have to be empowered, right? You have to be Mm -hmm. empowered to take the action. But if you truly understand who you are, what you need to be successful and enables you to understand other people and what they need to be successful, and you have the tools to go out and then create what you want, that is a fulfilling life. Because for each one of us, when we talk about having it all, having it all looks different for everyone. So if someone's incredulous, like, how can I have it all? You can Mm -hmm. for you. Right. If you understand what you need and you understand and you have the right strategy to be able to build that to come to fruition. Thank you for sharing that. We've heard a lot about the bridge to fulfillment, but I know there are listeners out there who who are going to want to hear and learn even more. Where can they find you? Where can they follow you? Give us all the places. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. So we can be found. Our website is thebridgetofulfillment.com. We also have a podcast with the same name. Would love to, you know, as podcast listeners, would love to have you there. Those are two great places to find me. I'm on LinkedIn most days of the week and really enjoy the ability just to be a part of that community and continue to give back. So would love it if you're listening and you'd love to connect. I'd love to hear from you. Just send me a message and a connection request. Let me know how you found me. It's that's always wonderful to be able to see and and actually connect with the people that that the message meets. Well, thank you again for your time. Thank you, Terry. I really appreciate it. I love the hope and practicality in Blake's story and the process that she teaches. Don't you? Here are some takeaways. Number one, it's time for an evolution in how we show up and believe what's possible for us in our leadership. Number two, Do the work to identify your values and your secret sauce so that you can unlock the leadership power that comes from living an aligned life. Number three, just because you're good at something doesn't mean you should do it. If it doesn't give you energy or isn't the highest and best leverage of your skills or talents, it will eventually lead you to burnout. Number four, the leaders and moms that are often the most admired and impactful are not those who are perfect all of the time, but instead are often those who are aware of and transparent about their strengths and their areas of opportunity. And number five, self-awareness plus empowered action equals fulfillment. So as we look to the new year and goal planning, let's commit to take some time to ask the questions and go through the steps that Blake proposes. Just imagine what our homes, communities, and workplaces would look like if they were full of fulfilled leaders who had uncovered and unleashed their unique value. Think about it this week. And as always, until next time, lead with love.